Welcome, everybody, to the JK Sports Podcast. I am Juan. And I am Kyle. And we are back, your favorite podcast, your favorite podcaster's podcast. For the people. For the people. <laughs> For the people. We are, uh, we are on site here today. Yeah. Different location. We won't name the place, but we're just, we're traveling. We're on the road. <laughs> we're on the road for you. So um, we've got we've got a guest here today that we're going to bring in. We're going to go straight into some some good topics, and really it's golf, right? Yeah, we, this goes above and beyond our scope of understanding, yeah. so we had to bring in a business expert this time. We did. All right, and so JK Sportscasters, please give a warm welcome to Sebastian. Business. C Bass. C Bass. C Bass. Yes. C Bass, yeah. thanks for joining us. Great to be here. Welcome. Great to be here. Welcome. Welcome. Um, so, yeah, pretty big, pretty wild week, huh? Yeah. So, let's get right into it, right? Live. Well, not live, but no. the, the PGA Tour. The PIF. And the public. <laughs> the PIF. The PIF. Right. Investment firm. Don't ask Rory. They don't, but you know they they knock out the S. It's a Saudi public investment firm. Well, but they of go by the PIF. That that's just good PR. They don't it's want because it's not because right? they don't want spiff. <laughs> no, <laughs> they you, only go you, by you PIF. You know why they don't want Saudi in front of it? That, right. That's a bad look. Right. So the spiff or PIF as they go by. Right. Right. Merged on CNBC on yep. Tuesday with uh the PGA tour and there's a lot of business stuff that they're going to, they're going to form new entities. There's going to be subs in the European tour or DP world, DP tour. world tour. I don't know what the DP world tour stands for. Um, yeah, yeah, I don't either. Yeah. <laughs> Couldn't tell you. Bass, do you know what the DP world tour stands for? Couldn't tell you the world. <laughs> Something yeah. with the world, um, on there. But anyways, they merged, uh, we know it's like European or something, so uh, yeah, we got that. So, anyways, they merged. Um, they're going to form. This is how I know, and Seabass can correct me. All right, mm-hmm. what I've read, what I know so far. Right. So, PIF is PIF and the PGA are going to form a new entity, right? Correct. A new business, and we don't know what this name is yet. So just That's call right. it the unknown, right? Correct. Um, and in this new entity, it also owns the Live Tour, the DP European World Tour, and the PGA Tour. That is correct. So those three tours are going to be owned by this whatever umbrella company. Umbrella company. And the PIF is going to be the majority um, owner, basically financial ownership they're injecting a bunch of cash yes they are we don't know how much yet is what i've been told because they have to create a valuation for this company but we know that the number has three commas in it Mm -hmm. it's a b and it's somewhere around two to ten billion dollars right right ten's probably way too high but who doesn't know i've heard three billion for roughly just over 50 percent so talking six billion total valuation. Okay, there you go. That's why I bring you. Which is interesting to me because you made a good point, and 
I, I thought about this earlier. When you look at like, you know, I think it's Forbes who creates their list every year, right? Of the, yes. you know, the um, most valuable franchises in all of sports. Great. And, you know, you look at what recent ones, like NFL teams have sold for, was it like $5 billion yes. or something? Broncos. So, yeah. And you're buying an entire, not one league, but three leagues for essentially the same price that you can buy one yeah. team. And so I, I think the DP World Tour includes the Asian Tour as well. I that is think. correct. I, so, so you're talking essentially the entire sport of golf globally. Well, and so here's, so there, there's, we're, we're going to go off on a lot of different tangents yeah. today. There, this, this brings into so many questions. Does this also include like LPGA? Does that because currently LPGA does fall under the PGA umbrella, but because in there there is a we like to say we never go political. It is the and we don't. <laughs> right. They might know. Well, but that's that's a that is a legit question. Like that is a a serious legit question. Does, don't, does don't, is don't there an know. interest? Yeah, in, don't actually know. You know and. And I don't know. I mean, I, I do think you have to get a little po- political when you talk about this stuff because that is a massive aspect of all of this. And, you know, we were I was joking around with my family, my, my sisters and mom and stuff, like joking around what the LPGA new uh, wardrobe would be on the course. Yeah. And as you can imagine, they were not too impressed with that. They, they do let women drive in Saudi Arabia now. That's new. So... Yeah. Oh well, thank God. Yeah. <laughs> 2023. In the right direction. We're, we're doing big things. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Women, you yeah. can finally drive. Good I morning. mean, in Qatar for the World Cup, you couldn't drink alcohol during it. Yeah. Bud Light. Which is looking back now, <laughs> right? Yeah. The, the Qataris. The what are they called? The Qatar. The Qatarians. Yeah. Qatars? The Qatars? You, you drink, they they were ahead of their time. They knew. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. They knew yeah. something was up with the whole Bud Light thing. And so World Cup, you know, we're just going to shut that down. But, but the okay, LPGA so is separate it, from the PGA. Okay, it is separate. They, they're okay. their own organization headquarters but, in Daytona Beach. Okay, which, which I didn't know. But I do think they get a lot of funding from PGA, if I'm not mistaken, right? I don't know. We, we, we can go down that rabbit hole later. But okay, let's go back to the the monetary stuff for a second here. So okay, so the PIF is investing, let's call it three billion dollars. Okay, they, you hear rumors all over the interweb. You read tweets, you see all sorts of stuff. You never know what's true and what isn't. But it was rumored that Brooks Kepka's team and Live Nike was going to buy for two billion dollars. Two billion dollars, like so. Swoosh, swoosh GC instead of smash GC. That's crazy to me, but I and I think you made this point, like okay, you're getting in for three billion, and clearly that's gonna <laughs> multiply exponentially. I mean, like that. Well, these are all ideas that I think up front they seemed kind of silly, but then if they work. It's like the greatest investment of all time, right? Like if sure. you think one team, you think the Denver Broncos are worth $5 billion. Okay, well, what's a golf team worth, you know? And if there's only, what, 10 of them, 15 of them on the planet, like maybe maybe $2 billion isn't a crazy number. So, you know, I, 
taking the idea of creating a sports franchise, which didn't really exist in golf, and making some, if you actually if that actually works, like there's clearly value there. Companies seem to be jumping on board. It, it's the sponsorships and stuff like that. They seem to want to teamify golf, which everyone thought was kind of silly. And if that works, it would be you could have you could have 10 to 15 or 20 different multi-billion dollar franchises here. It, it could work, right, in a in a future state. I mean, think of if teams really did develop in golf, right, and you have these franchises, you have trades, kind of like any team sport, football, baseball, any of that, right? And you have these sure. set teams, there's trades, franchise, all this. Um, they could start doing scrambles. <laughs> Yeah, but right, they, like their scramble, but the their scramble tournaments. We're not saying serious, but just exhibitions, right? Like, yeah. how, how many people like during the downtime seeing Tiger versus Phil, right? And now you're seeing that more with the other, the match 2.0 or three with like Aaron Rodgers. And now it's not even golfers. It's, um, you know, what is it? Stephen Curry. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Josh Allen. Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes and, and, and Tom some of Brady, those. Yeah. Yeah, like like playing. So there could be an avenue there, of of that. And so I did also read that the way the structure is for the teams at, on Live, the way they set it up was seventy five twenty five, right? So Live owns Live through the PIF owns seventy five percent of each of the teams, and the players on that team own twenty five percent. Yeah, I mean, I guess that historically. How, you know, you buy, okay, let's use the Denver Broncos. You buy $5 billion, but then the players are, they have contracts, right? So they are contractually obligated to play for the team and you get paid X amount of dollars. Where golf, you know, historically, you're based, you're paid solely based off of performance. Right. And I don't think that changes. So I think the model is more like NASCAR, right? Where, you know, you own the team, you have a couple drivers, and they still are really paid off of their performance. I think that's the, the model. Right. Um, the Washington Redskins sold for six billion dollars, just as a reference. Six point zero five billion yeah. dollars this year. Commanders. The Commanders, excuse me. Uh, the Saudis. The Saudis still call them. Um, the Saudis still call them. Um, what do we <laughs> Redskins. call them? Redskins. They. they yeah. They of course them. they do. Of course they we'll do. Talk about. Yeah. I. It's. Um, I don't know. There's so many unknowns. It's hard to really speculate what it's going to look like. I mean, we went, a week ago, we never saw this happening. I think we, we've we talked about it a lot. We thought that at some point there would be some form of a, maybe not a merger, but playing together. You know, the players all being together, and that clearly is happening much quicker than we thought. And as, I mean, this just proves, at the end of the day, money trumps all, right? It, it has to be a money play. But what's crazy to me is, you know, you, you think about how this happened, A, how quickly it happened, and B, how quietly it happened. What, what do you think was the precipice of this? Like, what do you think was the straw that broke the camel's back? Because thinking back in a, a very short time period ago, everybody pro-PGA could not have been more against live and PIF and everything it stood for. And now it's kind of, uh, everybody's justifying it, right? So, you know, you read stuff about lawsuits 
you know, where the lawsuit's going to break. I mean, you read stuff about John Rahm was going to go. Was that going to break? Like, what, and, and I know we're all just speculating, but what do you feel was, like, the breaking point? Like, if you had to guess. Uh, I, I, I don't know. So thinking out loud, right, like you said, if I think about what has been thrown out there, right, you can go the angle of um, the PGA Tour was really losing money and realizing that this is an arms race and that they were never going to keep up, right? Like we did see all the tournament purses increase by a lot. Right, and there, and then eventually them saying, "Well, we are a nonprofit with all our the TV deals aren't necessarily. I mean, they were going up, sure, right? But sure. maybe they're saying, hey, at a certain amount or level, like we're not going to be able to keep this up.' Um, is there a discussion? Maybe so. That's one angle, right? Right. Um, that money ultimately comes down to money. But do we think that the reason this all happened? Um, Lawyer fees, right? That's been thrown around too. Um, it's also been thrown around um, the fact of Saudi and the lawsuit that they didn't want to get exposed and be looked at in their books. Yeah. Right? So course. they, you know, the prince or whatever says, make this go away. So you have to go, um, you know, reconcile. I don't, I don't know, right? I don't know if we'll ever know, but I do know that I think it's, it was definitely money. Well, of but course. why? That's, that's the root of everything. But, but why but. did it just happen? Yes, like what, what made Jay all of a sudden Monahan go? We need to talk. Well, so the simplest answer here, business, business answer is yes. PGA Tour didn't want to get dragged on. The, 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 the lawsuit seemed to not really be working. If you're going to file an antitrust lawsuit, you need a bunch of people to come forward and say, this is the harm that was done to me based on this antitrust. None of the PGA Tour players were going to come forward and talk about their own employer, and none of the live guys wanted to get even more negative publicity. So none of the players wanted to be deposed in this lawsuit, and that's kind of what you need to bring up antitrust. So that wasn't really moving forward. The simple answer is Jay and all of the other executives also wanted massive pay packages just like the players. And as soon as they were like, oh, you'll pay us roughly that same amount to run your golf league for you? Okay, that, that makes sense. It, it sounds, what I've heard from a couple people now is the terms of the deal were hammered out a few months ago and essentially agreed to, and the last sticking point was what do we do with all of these massive contracts that all of the live guys are still owed and none of the PGA Tour guys took up. And that's what it took so long to get over the finish line. And eventually in the end, they just said, okay, fine, we'll just do nothing. Like all the live guys who stuck with us, we're gonna, you're gonna get paid out your money, all the PGA Tour guys, Sorry, but all of the prize purses went up in the meantime and will go up even more in the future. And your teams will probably be worth a ton. So eventually Nike will buy your team for a bunch of money too, and you will get made whole in the end. That that was the the compromise. But yeah, I mean, they, it's, 
the way you get a deal done is you grease all the decision makers. So they offered Jay Monahan a massive pay package, just like DJ right. Brooks. And <laughs> what's what's interesting though is it, well, th- they would have to make that public, correct? The deal that Monahan gets. I mean, it's not a publicly traded company. I I don't. Does it? So I have read that. I guess it is an LLC. The Department of Justice still has to. It is not a. It is not a 501c3, and it is not a public company. That's right. I don't think they would have to. But I have read, and one of the key things is that this could not go through, because the Department of Justice may not allow it, because it would create a monopoly. There's there's a bunch of different reasons why it couldn't. It might not go through. Monopoly stuff, if Liv is claiming that the other guys were running a monopoly, now we merge together, it's kind of hard to say that the combined company isn't a monopoly. Which, which for the record, right. so, they both have said that. Agreed. Right? So, like, that was the whole basis of the antitrust. You could, antitrust. Very, you could right. get some antitrust. My understanding is that all the other professional sports leagues have gotten around the antitrust issue by being not-for-profit companies. This one explicitly is a for-profit company. So well, I, I don't know. Maybe that's a tripping point. I, I, I and when you look at professional sports leagues, there are other professional sports leagues in other countries. Anybody can go play and yeah. choose to leave the country and go. At this point, if you want to play professional golf, this it's, is it. it's this. Yeah. This is your only option. So. If it gets challenged on antitrust grounds, I think it's more likely that it gets challenged in like Europe. I mean, European... The EU tends to be much stricter on antitrust than the United States. So, but again, do, do they even care? Are they like, all right, well, screw you guys. We won't play any tournaments in Europe. And then, right. You know, it's right. Like, you just don't include the DP World Tour. It is crazy to think that the US. The and you move them all to the United States or to the Middle East. And, right. And it, it would be interesting if the US was fighting back, though, legal department on. I mean, the Biden administration generally does not like Saudi Arabia. So, yeah, I'm sure there's a huge contingent that wants to fight this on antitrust grounds, on foreign, this is like trade secrets and stuff that we're giving away to foreign governments. Like, I'm sure there's a, a bunch of people, whether whether it comes to fruition, we'll see. Yeah, it, it's super bizarre. I... Because there are so many unknowns too, we still don't even know a time frame. Like, when is this going to happen? Which brings up another super bizarre point. They've made it very clear today that Live will continue on. Yeah. And so, does it become like an AFC NFC thing with the Live and PGA? Does it? What is it? Do we have a, a team aspect of it and an individual aspect of it where Live's the team, PGA's in, like the the fact that Greg Norman is still around and which by the way he is the worst but that this is still a thing and Liv is still going to continue on that's where I get super confused with all of this I don't get that aspect of it at all so I wouldn't take Greg Norman's saying all of that still I'd take it with a grain of salt right because because he didn't from everything we've read he didn't know about this very few people knew, knew about the deal yeah. Um, but he is, he does know the main guy. So will he still be the, the guy who knows, right? He could probably, 
he probably has a very good golden parachute. <laughs> Sure. Uh, because he he started this you know he was the the face and started you yeah. know kind of the whole live thing. On the surface, yes, live probably so has contractual obligations, right, with people and some contracts for the next you know couple years or or whatever. How does that work though? Who knows? Could that get bought out could that get restructured and changed to saying you know what this is only going to be team events now or whatever sure i i think at the end of the day though let's just go with brooks kepka right or any of those players right. most of the really good players take out the money besides the money brooks is number one they just care about the majors they could care less about sure. playing the Honda Classic or the Waste Management Open or all. They just wanted to play the majors. Well, unless the Waste Management Open has a $50 million purse. Correct. Now, all of a sudden. You know, and, but, but, but yes, but that's not going to change. You know, who, who knows how quickly that will change overnight or that. But and, I, I will. Okay, so my counter to that, though, is I agree with you, and we've obviously talked about this a lot. And from a live standpoint, yeah, that makes sense. Take somebody like Ricky, right? Who's one? Who's uh, playing surprisingly good golf right now? <laughs> absolutely, he is. But but it's not like Ricky hasn't done anything in the majors, yeah. right? Yes. But Ricky is a man of the people, right? Yeah. Every tournament he's signing on. He's a brand. He is he he is a brand, and he created. But that is through these other tournaments. So you are correct in the fact, like Brooks. DJ, even DJ. Once you once you've won a major or two, Phil like, at this point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. The majors are all you care about, but ninety nine percent of golfers are building that brand, and they need those tournaments to do that. That is how you make yourself more valuable. That's how you get sponsors. That's how you make more money. So, I I don't disagree with the big name golfers. I, I'm with you on that. But until you get there, you need those tournaments. And I, and you gotta build because the other thing too is as a golf industry, you're trying to build you, you always need to fill the bench, right? Yep. Like so these guys are gonna go away eventually. You you know, the big names. So you gotta continue filling that bench. You need those other tournaments to do that. Nobody knew Scotty Scheffler until last year. Right. Like Scotty Scheffler, we've talked about a hundred times. He was the last person to be picked for the Ryder Cup in 2021. Right. He wasn't that good. And then 2022, he wins a couple tournaments. He wins the Masters. And you're like, oh, my gosh, he's the number one player in the world. And now you're like, this guy is insane. (laughs) This guy is amazing. He's never going to lose. Golf does that a lot. Jason Day for a while. We were like, this guy's going to win a ton of majors. He's number one. Then he passed out, has vertigo. Right? Like, (laughs) many, many. All over the course. Right. But, like, there's a. They have to capitalize on these, like, you know, two to four years. Right. Right. Of of you're playing great golf and and you go on. So, I guess what I'm saying is they need. Ricky and them is not that big of a deal because what they need is points to be able to play majors, right? They they right. need um, golf world ranking points, whatever it is, FedEx points, everything to get it. The big guys 
and and I say that too because apparently what Jay Monahan is saying is that the PGA is not going to allow the lift guys back. There will be consequences. You know, there'll probably be a, a fine or something. They're going to have to do something to, to come back, right? Right. If I'm Brooks, DJ, any of the big guys, I say pound sand. Of course. Right? Like, course. I, I, I can play all the like, – like we've talked about, Brooks was the only one who had it – won a major recent like Brooks last major was 2019 right so that means that for five years he gets to play in every single major so his time his clock was going to be done next year he just won one so now he has till 2027 to play every single major he could play zero tournaments and he will still be in every every single major and honestly he's going to be in the PGA Forever. until he's 70 right Right. Um, he's going to be in the U.S. Open for 10 years. He has another 10 years on the U.S. Open. And he's going to be in the British Open for the next five years and all that, right? Right. So all that said, he's like, I have five years of – I'm just going to only play majors, right? The next person in that, Phil. Phil won in 2021, yeah. right? <laughs> um, I mean, all these the, – the next closest guy right now is um, – Bryson and DJ, who in 2020. So I get it. Those guys could say in a couple years, yeah, all right, let's figure out what happens. Let me try to get some points and, and see. The other guy is Amito Pereira, who came in second at a PGA. He needs to get back on the PGA and start earning points. Yeah. Right? But the other but, guys... But that's, well, but, but that's the whole point. You're assuming is, the goal is yeah. points here. Right? Like, the points... Are a means to make a ton of money. You can make that money without getting the points in the first place on the live tour. It made sense for for Mito Ferrer, mm-hmm. right? So Carol Barner. So in a weird way, we have this like strange structure where the world golf rankings were simultaneously super important and totally irrelevant, depending on what you were trying to maximize. D- d- yeah, I mean, I guess, but but that's the whole point of what's happening right yeah. now, right? Like. What the hell is this going to look like? And, uh, I mean, you can make... Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying I would turn down a bunch of money. But if you really did care about, like, your career and your legacy, etc., I mean, you wanted to be able to, back to your point, play in the majors. Yep. And continue doing that. So what... Now, now that's all going to... Like, that... To me... That conversation's null and void. Like these guys are going to qualify for the majors. If you play well, oh, yeah. you're going to qualify. I mean, it's it's yeah. one tour. I don't think it was ever really off the table that they weren't. I still feel like at a certain point, once it came, the rubber hit the road. The Masters and the British Open have to make a decision. Am I going to invite Dustin Johnson? Am I going? Well, I guess Johnson got. But am I going to invite Brooks Koepka? Yeah. Right. I kind of feel like they would have. I mean, I feel like that's part of the PGA capitulation here could be the fact that, like, when the rubber hits the road, these guys are still big name I players, think that's a huge part of it. And they're they're going to get invited anyway. Correct. Like, the longer we wait here, the less our leverage gets. Because right now, we still have all the top guys. Yeah. And we can use this little, you know, doomsday scenario as leverage. Correct. If we actually get there, it might not be doomsday. Right. And we should probably, if, especially if they're going to 
throw a bunch of money at us. You should probably make a deal while we still got the leverage. And again, the PGA Tour has zero leverage because well, they do over not the because over the majors very little yeah. because they do not control any of the four majors. Agreed. That's what I'm saying. They they control right. all the other tournaments, but the majors at the end of the day can pick a side if they want to. Yes, the the majors were the ones. Clear which side the majors were going to come so, down on. The, so I've got a question though about this. Do the majors become less relevant now with what's happening? Because if if they're if the live tournaments are making more money than the majors, and if there is only one league, is every tournament now basically a major where you're just taking the best players from around the world and they're making as much money as possible? Like, what is the difference now between the PGA Championship and pick a tournament? If it's ways Yeah, I mean, that's. It, my, my only guess on that one would be even though not common ownership, everyone still kind of has an incentive to make these big events. Um, you're going to get a ton of viewership. But they're already the ones that people watch, so there's almost no reason to not continue to promote them. Um, so you're saying they would be, the, the purses would be bigger. I mean, I feel like at this point, the only way to make them, quote unquote, majors would be to make the purses bigger than the rest of the tournaments. And I, I guess limit the field to truly the best. Yeah. As opposed to. Which is Liv, the designated events Liv that they were trying to do. Because they had a bunch of money and they wanted a bunch of prestige. PGA had a bunch of prestige and they wanted some money. So. That was a kind of a natural. If they want the prestige, the, the majors are still the prestige. It's, it still feels like eventually there will be some sort of partnership. But those are all between, independent. Like eventually there should, in theory, be some sort of partnership between the Masters, between the U.S. Open, between all those guys, and whatever this PGA Live thing is, because those are still the prestige events. You can fight it if you want to. Like they can try to make the waste management open, the new major, but it seems like it would be way easier to just make a reasonable deal with the Masters, shoot that purse through the roof, and now it is still the premier event. And it's a PGA Live, the, the Masters brought to you by PGA Live, something like that. I mean, it just it seems yeah. like there's there's so much room for deal making there. It would be silly to no fight the majors. Which is crazy. That is a whole new avenue yeah. of this new entity partnering up with who's going to be the first major to partner up with them. Well, right? I think they have to remain independent from an like organizational standpoint, right? I mean, I think Augusta remains independent. I think the PGA of America remains PGA. I think USGA remains USGA. You know, British Open, RSGA. What I, I think those entities remain themselves. But yes, I. It, I, it I brings think, up a good point. Yeah, I I totally agree. But how do you? I mean, again, majors become majors because of the size of the purse and because of the field that they pull from. They're they're pulling the top, whatever, pick a number, hundred players in the world or yep. sixty yep. players in the world. Well, now 
if they're all if these hundred players in the world are already playing in the exact same league every week or every tournament or whatever it is anyway and they're already getting paid if the purse is twenty million dollars well how Right. The only the only tournament right now that is close to major dollars, right, that might be actually the same as a major is TPC, the Players Championship. The from the PGA, yes. not from Live. Correct. From Liv's the from purses the, are bigger. From the PGA, right, is is the TPC. That's right. That's right. right. And I guess the FedEx Cup too, whatever. Which I I don't know. I guess you. Right. They, right. Yeah, the playoffs. Which somebody made made a point says make the live tour the FedEx, right? That all this points and everything because I mean it's it's similar format, right? There's limited players on this. Everybody plays each and then each week you start getting knocked out. And I mean the the tour championship is based off your points, right? Like if you're number one and have the most points, you're starting at minus you know ten. minus ten. Yeah. Right, and then everybody else has has to catch you. So there is that structure already, and it's a very limited field, depending on how you've done in the last um, couple of things. So that that is a a possibility. I, I'm just I'm very curious on how this is all going to work out. But it seems like again, the most likely scenario seems like you just have an entire schedule full of events where some of them look like traditional golf tournaments. And some of them look like team events. Some of them look like match play type stuff. They're not all in the United States. Some of them are in Dubai. Some of them are in, like, it just seems like we're kind of heading towards a scenario where there's way more variety. And I don't know, maybe at the Masters, you still will have guys wearing team jersey looking things. It's not not out of of question. So I've, I've got a question. We, you know... Uh, initially, that's what I thought too. You play in tournaments now throughout the world in this league, whatever, whether it's Dubai, Europe, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, time zone thing isn't. I mean, that's a that's a serious issue. So if you're, let's say FedEx now, who is a huge sponsor of the PGA Tour, and they're playing half the tournaments in Europe or Asia or wherever, and you know. Your customers, if you will, or and I don't know, FedEx may be a bad example, but you understand what I'm saying. Um, the U.S. isn't watching a tournament in Dubai. Yeah. Like, is that going to cause an issue? I mean, it happens now, right? Like, Tiger Woods goes plays Dubai or Japan. Nobody watches it. And everything, right? But I mean, it's going. And and I would think to, something I just thought of is, at some point. This is going the top players. What this does is creates your lower level players to get exposure on in more tournaments. Because if the purses are a lot higher, why if I'm Ricky Fowler going to play every single tournament? <laughs> right? I'm going to pick and choose now which tournaments I get to play, right? Obviously there's gonna be some depending on what my Ultimate motive is money and points, all this. Which I'm just gonna argue, they're professional athletes. They have a competitive drive and they want the points, right? And all that. They're just not gonna mail it in. But I think the Justin Thomas, those guys, Ricky Fowler, any of those are gonna say, yeah, I'm not gonna play like two weekends in a row, right? Like right now, 
you know, you have Rory McIlroy got fined in the in this new format because he, you can't miss two designated events. And he missed, like, one already. And then after the Masters, got cut, you know, was going through whatever he was going through, and missed the tournament right afterwards. Okay, first of all, cry me a river when you work 20 weeks out of the year. So uh, you know what you're signing up for. Get out of here with that. So I, if you can't work 20 weeks out of the year, I have zero sympathy weekends. for you. Yeah. I, <laughs> weekends. Weekends. Well, a full week. No, well, no, because they're there on Tuesday. They're there, so they're start there Monday and Tuesday. They get two days off. You, you sign up for a pro-am or whatever on Wednesday. But still, they're not going to show up to every single tournament. than most other professional sports. 20. 20. I'm not saying show up for every tournament. 20, 20 weeks. That's all. And that's that's a lot. But why would... But I feel like they would... The PGA was doing that to make sure that they had talent there and people were watching oh, and, and this. Right? That was sponsored to live. Possible. Now, why would they have to do that? Yeah. You know, why would I have to play 20 so, times? Okay, but right? I, I would but play I think, five times. I, I think you're the the discussion about the exposure to people, you know, lower on the totem pole is the people lower on the totem pole aren't going to have a shot to get in because now you're in a league with it, it's a much larger field that's worldwide. It the thing we saw about Rory and um, uh, Grayson Murray. Yeah. You know, Colin, Grayson Murray's ranked, what, 227th in the world? Yeah. Do you think Grayson Murray at 227 is going to get a lot of playing time in these tournaments with this new league? Like, clearly that's his concern. With the PGA Tour, he can play whenever he wants. But under a new league where it's yeah. worldwide, he's not going to play. And, and I don't know if Seabass had heard this before, this what we had discussed, right? So apparently in the... Jay Monahan talked with the players, right? Um, the number 227th ranked player, right? Um, his name is uh, Grayson Murray. Shouted out to Jay Monahan and said, We don't trust you, Jay. You lied to our face. Which McElroy yelled back at him, Just play better. In, in both, both guys, <laughs> both, two things can be true at the same time. Yeah. yeah. Right? They. Uh, apparently, I mean, in that context, you're like, whoa, what the heck? They were both fine afterwards, you know, people oh, were, were... he told Rory to go F himself, I yeah, believe. Yeah, no, Rory to go F himself. They <laughs> hugged or something, yeah, you know, good. All, all that stuff. But, yes, I, I think to your point. Well, you know, again, it seems like we're headed towards a world where, you know, Rory McIlroy is the Kardashians of golf. And the number 227 influencer on Instagram, no one cares about. So, so yeah, we created a league that we could take advantage of the fact that, like, people care about Ricky Fowler for some weird reason, right? He's not, he's not the best golfer in the world, but he did a good job of creating a brand and people care about him. And that's kind of the point. That's what we're trying to do. Some people create that brand by being amazing. Be good, be good, or be unique and popular. Some people brand. create that brand by doing something else, just being kind of like weird and interesting. And weirdly, if you're trying to make the most money, you don't really care how they create that brand. You just want the people on the course 
that the fans want to see the most. So uh, well, look at Scotty. So yeah, I mean, what other than his play? There's not a lot to like about Scotty. He very rarely even talks. Right. And, and I love him. Like I, I kind of like he's him like for the, that reason, the, but the good old boy that just kind of shows up and then plays amazing golf. Right. And and so yes, he's created a following based on that. Ricky Fowler was like the punk kid that yeah played pretty well, kind of fell off, but yet still people cared about him, right? If you're trying to create a league that has the most eyeballs watching golf, you don't care what someone's ranked. You care how many people are going to show up to watch them. And and the rankings only matter to the extent that they feed into how many people show up to watch them. Correct. I think think the rankings are a way to justify – I mean, that's, that's PR. For the most part. Right. I, I think yeah. if you say the number one through ten player in the world are playing, you know, anybody, whether you're a golf fan or not, you're like, oh, my God, like, this is a good field, right? But the, re- like, the reason the sponsors' exemptions exist in the PGA Tour events is because they're admitting the rankings don't do a perfect job of getting everybody in sure. that we want. Sure. So we're going to throw Tiger a bone, we're going to throw Fowler a bone, we're going to throw Jason Day a bone, we're going to throw these guys a bone that like people still care about. We're going to get eyeballs Right. that the rankings aren't exactly. So yeah, the rankings are a, are a helpful metric to get the guys in the tournament that people want to see. But it's not the only one. And, and that's, I think, part of, again, it like, comes back to the team aspect of it. But but as a consumer of the sport, I want to see the best players in the world, and a ranking is the most accurate way of doing that. Like, the, let's go back to the Grayson Murray thing. Like, is he a bum? No. Like, yes. he's phenomenal. But could he win a tournament? Absolutely could. I'm not going to go pay a ticket to Bay Hill or TPC or Masters to go see him play. Yep. Like, I'm going to go see the best players in the world right now. I think. You know, at the end of the day, do you ask yourself like, is what happened good for the consumer? Is it good for? Is it going to make golf more fun to watch? I think the answer is an astounding yes. Yeah, like, and and you said this earlier, um, not today, but we had talked about it. Of this makes golf one of the two to three leagues that is truly international, worldwide. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's right. There's this is more like tennis. The ATP mm. plays all over, right? You have Grand Slams. And F1. And F1, right? And honestly, golf was somewhat like that. The only thing you had was, I mean, you had the Brit, the the Open, the British Open. That's not in America each year, but all the other three are, are here in the states, right? I, I mean, you get the. Um, the tennis, there's, you know, what is it, Australian, French. Right. Um, so you have three. Yeah. US. So the, they're a little bit more spread out. So does this raise the, thing, the point, because there's so much money, because you're going to have, you know, there's going to be a lot more sponsorships of, hey, Jason Day, you want more money? Go play in Saudi. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. We'll give you a lot of money. Go play this. Go play here in New Zealand today right. and, and, and go do that. So do we do a fifth major? Right? At some point. 
Yeah, I mean, be- I, because now they're gonna have fifth major in Saudi or something, or or yes. or or worldwide. I mean, these players are going to get more money, and if they want to get more money, they're gonna have to play in tournaments that they may or may not like, or have historically played in, or have historically I, I, I totally historically agree. played in. Yeah. Um, for that, so there is a little, um, you know, give and take for them. Yeah. I think it's going to be a massive shift for the players. I, I do. Um, or do the players... The only, So, Rory... Do we think that Rory... Maybe some of the other top players, Rory and the PGA, get some kind of bonus yes. for being loyal I and, and during this whole thing? I, I absolutely do. Yeah. Yeah. In, in the same way you got to pay off Jay Monaghan to get this deal done, you, you probably have to pay off Tiger. Yeah, they, they have fought the good fight, I think, because... So, along those lines, so think about... And, and I guess this is a little political... Not, not Well, whatever. What I'm saying is, is think it. about people like Rory, who backed... I mean, he was the face of the PGA, right? Backed it... PGA is great, live is bad. Think about how many employees for the PGA, you know, they, Jay was their leader. He's the head of the institution. They're backing it. PGA is great, live is bad. And, I mean, we know people who work for the PGA. They literally, they saw the same Twitter headlines, the same stuff we did, and they're like, what the hell just happened? I mean, you know... It's hard to feel bad for people who work for a large organization. I mean, you know, I do. Things can change overnight like that. That's part of the game. That's what you sign up for. You just know that you could wake up one day and your business could be bought. What I do feel bad about is, like, it's so public for people like that. And when you have somebody like Rory, you're out there, go fight this good fight, you know, go do all of this, and you're doing all this stuff behind the scenes, like, to me... That's a little screwed up, and that's where I feel bad for the players and for the employees. I think he just put everybody in a bad spot. Yeah. Jay Monahan, right? And, and, and he he did in the sense of, granted, he can make it up or whatever, but at some point, I, I think he may have to step down, right, and or get bought out, get a golden belt, you know, golden parachute, any of this, because where he's going to get absolutely murdered. <laughs> From this, and that's a bad word to you, not beheaded, <laughs> right? From here until who knows when, is that he made it about 9-11. He made it about right. all these things, right? He yeah. said, you are un-American if you Correct. support the live tour. And and so there's videos now even coming out of um, Jimmy Dunn, like the other PGA board member yeah. who... Mm-hmm. Um, Helped broker the deal, right? Saying that he said if there was somebody like that had, um, I, I'm quite certain that the people I'm dealing with had nothing to do with it. And he said if someone can find someone who unequivocally was involved with it, I would kill them myself. Right. Yeah. Right. He said that. Right. <laughs> like. These are just. Bonkers quotes. It, it's just, like, it's like it is insane how I get it, right? They were they were all in on we're PGA tour, we're gonna do this. 
But at some point, like, do it a different way. And, and they can't take back what they said. But that is just the biggest thing that they're going to – the hypocrites, they put everybody in a bad spot. They say, hey, go and defend the PGA Tour and say this is about – not about golf. This is about, you know, taking blood money, taking this. Right. Right. Like, at some point, we all know money comes from – many different places that we may or may not like. Right. 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 They all wash it and we yeah, all get, yeah. get, get paid for it. They were just way too in on that. And, and I think that I just don't see that slowing down and how in five years or so he still comes out ahead. I mean, his question, his PR team has been horrible or either – He's an idiot and doesn't want any PR questions because he's already been asked. Like, what about the knowledge? He's like, oh yeah, like he, nothing good. He will good. not be in this position in two years. There's, I give it less than a one percent chance that he is in the same position in two years. Yeah, which which isn't uncommon from a corporate perspective. I mean, if you have a guy that gets a deal done and there's a bunch of winners and a bunch of losers and. Eventually, you need to find somebody else because the losers, you need to keep the losers happy, whatever that deal was, and, and they move on. So, yeah. I, I, he'll be the fall guy. He will be, well, he'll be the very well compensated fall guy. Correct. Yeah, and that's like, from his perspective, he's probably probably fine with that. Which will probably be him, to think now, it'll probably be him and Greg Norman, right? They will both be the fall guys who are like, hey, they got the deal done. They obviously hate each other. They can't work with each other. Or any, like, how is Greg Norman going to be part of the Live Tour, and and still from an operation standpoint, well, still that, report to yeah. to Jay? I mean, so that's the funny part. You say they hate each other, but like Jay Monahan was literally calling everyone involved with Live a terrorist, and yet they still showed up at the boardroom and made a deal with him, right? Like, right. but Gr- Greg wasn't there. Correct, yes. I, who knows? I don't know who was there. I mean, like, it's still, regardless of how many times he called you a terrorist, you still ended up getting a deal done with him. So, like, yeah, in a weird way, you kind of have to tip your cap at all all of the, the live guys for, like, having thick skin. and Money's a hell of a drag. <laughs> <laughs> like, brushing off some insults, because it's... Pretty yeah. big insults, right? I, yeah, it's, and there's not a lot of things you can call someone worse than a terrorist, but... They still showed up at the negotiating table and got something done afterwards. So I guess that was the whole point. The other bit of information I found interesting was, which I don't know why he's still around, Jeff Ogilvy. <laughs> they interviewed yeah, him yeah, on the uh, he was Golf the Channel. Because he willing to talk after yeah, the meeting. After the meeting. And I thought he had an interesting perspective of just like, there really wasn't any detail. There wasn't any, like, we didn't get any more than what everybody else knows. He said, honestly, in his opinion, it was the news was getting leaked, and so they said we need to make this public now, and we need to get this deal done. It, he said it, he said that that's what it sounded. Yeah. He said it, it sounded like it's been in the works, but it was gonna get leaked, so they just rushed ahead with this decision and said this is what we're gonna do. We're not sure of the total thing of it, but you're all gonna be filthy rich. I, I feel like that absolutely had to happen because why would you ever release this with, like, no details whatsoever? No structure, no nothing. Just, hey, we're going to do this. 
Seems kind of silly, but I don't know, man. It's been a wild, wild couple days. Um, I think for us as consumers, as sports fans, it's a good thing in the long run. Uh, I just can't wait to see where it goes. I agree. All right, we are back on the JK Sports Podcast. We're going to do our do a couple more segments there. We had a lot of golf talk there. Heavy golf. Heavy golf, so we'll do a little lightning round. But before that, we're going to introduce a new segment we like to call Block Talk. Block Talk. Block Talk. Block Talk. You, you know why we call it Block Talk? Why do we call it that? Because our good friend Michael Block. Michael J. Block. Man, what a ride we were on with old Michael Block with the PGA. PGA Championship, just story of the year. Um, he might be time person of the year. <laughs> <laughs> he might be the so greatest human being. You do I'm know about. he's going to, you know, to recap a little bit on the live. Um, by the way, I did read that Full Swing Season 2 mm-hmm. um, caught two players the moment they found out about the merger. Yes, I saw that. So, and saw that. But then in that little article I also read that they were like, man, this is awesome. We thought we were going to really have to come up with some really good material because we just had Rory bring the PGA Championship and they had a segment all about Michael Block for Full Swing. Just raw dogging all over the place, right? (laughs) Just wearing raw hats. I mean, that's nothing says America more. Yeah, no, that was a... uh, that was quite the ride, huh? What that, what was what, what went right, what went wrong with Michael Block? Well, okay. <laughs> Nothing went wrong, but the last day So you have the whole build up of this guy, right? And we don't have to go into it and his story and background yeah. whatever, but I mean it was obviously super long shot, wild, crazy, whatever. A freaking hole in one. Uh, I mean dunk. A dunk. <laughs> Hole in one. That he didn't even yeah. see. The Playing d- with Rory. Playing with Rory, who he was already, like, freaking out about. I mean, that is... He beat John Rahm at the PGA Championship. Well, that's because John was negotiating with him. <laughs> but, yeah. but that's a, a another day. Yeah. But how wild is that? And then, if you watch it on 18, the up and down from where it was, was not even real. Like, that might have been more impressive than the hole-in-one. Yeah. It was just... He, he got up and down 17 and 18. Yes. 18 was harder, yeah. but yeah. 18 yeah. was to finish top 15 and then get an invite. I mean, he was already going to get invited. No, he was already going to qualify for next year's if he got a top 15, I think. Correct. It, it was... To, that's that's correct. He had to get up and down yeah. to qualify automatically for the automatic qualify. invite for next year. That is accurate. Um, man, what a ride. Yeah, less I, ride. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I have nothing else to add other than, yeah. oh, my God. Yeah, what, we'll, we'll, we'll talk more at some other points about Block Talk. But. Yeah, what else do you have for Block Talk today? Well, let's go. Let's do a little Block Talk, and we still have our good friend C. Bass here. Um, so, Z-Bass, why don't you lead us off with a little topic there? 
lightning round? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to start with the Cincinnati Reds. Not a, uh, a franchise that gets a lot of love. Ellie De La Cruz, I believe his third day as a Major League Baseball player. In his first day of Major League Baseball, he hits a 458-foot home run. I believe that was the longest of the season so far. Not, not certain on that, but even if it's not, holy hell. <laughs> Uh, it, left his ba- it left his bat at 114.8 miles an hour, which I mean, was the fastest, yeah. the, the hardest hit ball yeah. all year. I mean, these are just, these are bonkers numbers. And this is, I, I want to say that was like his second or third major league at bat. I'm sure someone will check me on that. Two at bats later, he hits a ball into the gap in the outfield and hits a triple, legs it out for a triple. The fastest home to third time in Major League Baseball in like the last three years. He, his first two two Major League games, he has the hardest hit baseball in Major League Baseball, and he is the fastest player in Major League Baseball. And and just in case you're wondering, he's six five. Like, <laughs> this, what? <laughs> Who is this person? This just seems like. I, I don't know. He's at, he's either a first ballot Hall of Famer or he's going to spiral into rehab in the next six weeks because this just doesn't seem like a a real human being. It, it, this screams Ryan Leaf, which is <laughs> just so awesome. But I, I, I think that's well Puig. Puig. Oh man, Puig was the best, dude. I miss him. Yeah. I, I miss him hard. This is the first time we've ever talked about the Cincinnati Reds on the podcast. Yeah. Oh, they don't? Yeah. You don't get a lot. Text chain that I was on, a guy, a friend of mine from Cincinnati, and somebody else brought him up, and he was like, no one else has ever mentioned a Cincinnati <laughs> sports team on this chain in 15 years. <laughs> this is the first one. Thank you. So, so maybe he and Burrow can be buddies. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, he... for. For the stats guys out there, he went from first to third in 10 seconds. That doesn't even... No. 10-5-9. That doesn't even seem right. So, the fastest guy. And and they do have guys that are are just there to steal bases. Sure. Fastest home third in the last three years was somewhere in the 10-6 range. And he was 10-5-8 on his fourth or fifth major league at bat after hitting a 460 foot home run I mean, which, which is and, what and again keep in mind he's six five he's it's not like he's like some little fast guy what like position he, does he play he's not, he's an outfielder I, I, and he's he's not like a he's a, no. a skinny six five he, person he's not like aaron judge no, that's like a big, big like 280 like, interesting he seems like a guy that if like if you wanted to you could put some muscle on him and he hit balls even farther than 460 uh, it just uh, it doesn't seem like a like a real. Where's he from? Dominican. Dominican. Okay. Small town, moved to the capital. Yeah, good for him. When That's he was awesome. like six, drafted by the Reds in the international draft a while ago. Um, decent prospect, and then all of a sudden came out of nowhere and hit 30 home runs one year in the minors, and then kind of. Reds could probably use something like that. I feel like they've been pretty irrelevant since Quite some late time. 70s. Quite some time. <laughs> All right. Do well. you think he could go first to third in 20 seconds? 
Yes. <laughs> In 20 seconds? <laughs> yes. 13. No. <laughs> oh, I No chance. So he's pushing it. For so it's me. ninety. It's ninety feet, right? To each it's base. It's ninety feet. But the thing that you, you so two hundred seventy yards. In 90, perspective here, no. Two hundred seventy feet. It's so that's ninety yards. Two right, right angles. Like it's like a weird little sprint slash shuttle run. Right. It's right. Just it's not such a straight a strange line. Strange. Yeah. Yeah. It's not run. a straight line. Thirteen seconds. That's a great question, actually. I was gonna get the. I was gonna say the over under fifteen. Oh, right, under, so 270 feet is 90 yards. 15 seconds is right. a yeah, yeah, yeah. No. With two right angles in there, though, still. You gotta, like, two, it's, it's the right a, angles, geometry straight line. It's such <laughs> a weird stat. I, I get it. So yeah, the 100-yard dash, Olympians for a 100-yard dash are doing 10 yeah. seconds, right? 100 meter. 100 meter, excuse me, 100 meter. 100 meter. I'd have to do the math. Uh, thir- 13 may be pushing it. 15 for sure. I-, I would, yes. As a matter of fact, I could go do that right now. 15 seconds. No warm up. You no think warm you up, do... just going. 13, I don't know. So it's 82.2 meters in 10 seconds. I don't know, man. That's pretty fast. That's, I mean, the thing that's the pretty thing I fast. Coming back to is like people try to do this all the time. They run, they hit balls, and they run as fast as they can right. around the bases. And no one in the last three years yeah, okay. has done it as fast as this guy did in his fourth at bat or something. I mean, like I mean that, that is that's incredibly fast so and incredibly stupid. awesome. I will say that's a pretty limited sample size, it is. though. It is. Um, it is. But because most of the people that would make it there that fast probably aren't hitting many balls to get them to 162 games a year. The fastest guys every now and then are just going to put a ball into the gap yeah. and just run and just, just go fast. To, to be game. very clear, I'm not saying this is not <laughs> extremely impressive. I, I want to make that clear. So I you're saying thir- 15... Uh, I, I, I'm going to take that you can't do that. For 15, 15 seconds? seconds? <laughs> That's insane. Of course I can. That's insane. I would do that barefoot right now. We're going to go mark it off in the yard right now. 15 <laughs> seconds is a long time, dude. It's five seconds per base. <laughs> yeah, I feel confident. Right? I feel very confident. I feel... I, 13, I don't know. I, I don't feel confident about that. 15, yes. Okay. We'll find out. Later come, we'll find out. So, all right. Um, next topic... It's it's about golf, but um, you know in the last couple of weeks the University of Florida won the national championship in golf. Yeah, it's pretty exciting. I know we all were texting about it. Yeah, it was wild, right? Like it, I mean, was, it was just awesome. I had never been so glued to my TV. Yeah. The, um, you know Monday was the individual thing, yeah. but the team aspect, the the other two days of they beat Florida State in the semis, they went to the like to the national. <laughs> There's the, a team aspect and the an match individual play. aspect. It, 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 well, but you know, it's funny you say that. That's how high school and college oh, yeah. golf works. Correct. Yeah. It, it, it was fan, it was fantastic, right? So UF had Fred Biondi, who won the um, NCAA title, and then they won the national championship. But Fred won, and for winning the NCAA uh, men's championship, you get an automatic... Um, bid 
to the Masters in 2024. Now, we already, I, I know the decision, so, um, but he's a senior, so he, he also gets a, a PGA Tour card, basically. Corn Ferry. He gets a Corn he Ferry gets the, card. He gets to automatically right. play in Corn Ferry tournaments he for gets a time. two year Corn Ferry exemption, I believe. Yeah, I think it's at least one. I thought it was just one. Maybe it is just one. Yeah. You get at least one year of you can go play corn fairy tournaments, any of them that you want, Correct. right, and go make money. That's right. But if you do that, you give up playing the Masters next year because right. you have to be an amateur, right, to play. If you were in that decision, you had his same thing. What would would you wait a year to say I'm going to go play the Masters and then turn pro and start making money, or do you just start making money and say, hey, well, you know what? Well, hold on. So to be clear, he's he is a senior this year? Cause he I, graduated. He's already graduated. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So if, if it were me, if it were you were come senior. back to college the next year and get to play Augusta, you know, do all that, that's a no-brainer to do it. I think you have to go pro. I, I think you, you bet on yourself and you, you let it rip. I think you take the year exemption. Because what are you going to do – you can go play amateur, the other amateur tournaments. Like if you win the Latin America amateur or something, cool. you, you you get so, you can go play the Masters or play like so U.S. Open. in the Masters. What there what, is no other benefit. Which I will say, he, because he also won the NCAA, he gets to play in. Uh, it's next week. Next week's U.S. Open. So he's gonna play the U.S. Open next week. That's pretty and awesome. And then he can also if so he could play that no matter what. He would have to wait until so we're in June. He would have to give up the money from it's June until full until April. Earnings. But but you could I mean think about that. You could also earn your PGA card in that year too. I I don't know, man. I it's Augusta. I mean, but never play. But what th- if you get injured? Dude, think about everything that's happening right now in the golf landscape we that we just talked about. How do you not try to take? He didn't that? know that, but he's not gonna know. That but he, he can still make that decision. Yeah. Now, now with everything going on, you're like, heck yeah, you're trying to get. So he the- already made the decision. He's going pro. Yeah, you right? gotta go pro. And, and by the way, I'll just give him a shout out. He today he played his first Corn Ferry tournament, bogey free round 64, oh tied for fourth. Lord. That's really strong. So you would say you're going pro, bet on yourself. Yeah, I'll see you later, yeah. Augusta. Steven, yeah, we'll, we'll play again. If you're in the same boat, right, you get to play Augusta in April, but you have to stay amateur from now until then. Or you can go start playing. You get a year's worth of playing Corn Ferry tournaments that you're automatically in and get to start making money. What are you taking? Yeah, I'd have to go with Kyle on this one. You bet on yourself? Like, yeah, it seems like you. I mean, if, I would I would hope he thinks he's going to play in the, in the Masters anyway, right? Agreed. So, it, well, I have a question. If you're you're the national champion, you go pro, right? Do you make the phone call to Fred and say, "I listen, I'm the national champion. Can I just come and play for a day or two, right? I mean, you, you make the call. If you're a national right? champion from Florida... Yes, especially because Fred really is from that's from my UF point. Too. That's, that's that's what I'm saying. I mean, he, Fred's yeah. gonna get you on, right? Like you can still play. 
My boy's going to play the Masters. But you, as a graduating from Toledo University... I would, you would go not. pro. I would go pro. And, and I'm... You, yeah, I'm definitely going to play the Masters. I agree. And, and also, it comes down to, I don't know his financial situation. I'm sure it's good. But amateur tournaments aren't cheap. And he would have to be basically be paying his own way yeah. for another year at playing amateur tournaments. Sounds terrible. Um, instead of making money. Pass. All right. Pass. Seabass, you want to end this thing? I know you've got a good one to bring up. Last lightning round. Uh, Lionel Messi. Lionel? L- Lionel, Lionel. 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 He's Argentinian. I believe they pronounce it Lionel. Um, I've heard he was named after Lionel Richie, though. I've heard that his dad was a... Was a no way. Yeah. Hmm. That's incredible. I've heard that. Argentinian oh names God, tend to be kind of kind of strange. It's a, it's a funky mix of, like... Mm-hmm. Hispanic slash British slash, uh, but anyway, so so arguably don't don't want to get in that fight right now. You could make a case for the greatest player of all time. He is, especially he, after the World you, Cup. You don't you don't won. have to convince me. He is four Champions Leagues, a World Cup now. When everyone said he was past his prime, I mean, just and you, you could, could argue very, carry very the team. Yep, yep. And you, you, and you could make that argument for most of the teams that he's played for. That that that. But for him, they would have been decent. They would not have been championship winning teams. So so. Any way you cut it, fantastic, fantastic player. A top three uh, player of all time? Yep. <laughs> okay. I think it would be hard to argue against that one. Um, plays most of his career at Barcelona. Does a stint at PSG, which is, which is the, I guess, maybe st- most star-studded team in the world right now. Taking his talents to Miami. Yeah. Um, not something a lot of people saw in the cards. Playing in a, playing for an MLS team. Granted, they, they do have some kind of past their prime um, European stars, but but again, Inter Miami I believe is only three years old, and they're not even good. Like they're, they're, it hasn't even been a good three years. It's not like the the, the you know the Vegas, Knights. the Vegas Knights that showed up and all of a sudden were relevant in their very first season. They have not been good. They've had a couple high-profile signings that have gone very poorly, and then all of a sudden they potentially snag the, the greatest player of all time. Um, part of this story that I think is the is the most interesting. Again, it, it's it's a, a crazy decision. The the deal that supposedly is going to bring him to Miami. Um, Decent amount of money, some of it being funded by the team, a lot of it being funded by the league, and even more of it being funded by corporate sponsors, unaffiliated with, well, not no no official affiliation with the team. Um, I believe Apple TV has a has a uh, broadcast 
contract with the MLS. Shout out Ted Lasso. And he's going to get like a cut of of Apple TV signups for the, the I don't even know how they're going to figure that out. However many of them they can attribute to him, he's going to get like a like a customer acquisition fee for the signups to Apple TV. Supposedly Adidas. So Adidas is like cutting him in on the jersey sales, not the team, him personally. Um, I mean, this just seems like a, on one side of the coin, bonkers brain explosion. And then on the other side of the coin, like perfectly logical, this seems like how a lot of different celebrity slash sports contracts should be structured. So crazy move. I think very indicative of the types of things that you will see going forward for top, top, top tier sports talent. I mean, I, 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 it, it would be surprising to me if LeBron James doesn't sign a deal that looks something like this in the future, whether that's in the United States, whether that's in Saudi Arabia, whether it's in China, where he's not just getting some big eye-popping contract number, he's getting like a eat what you kill, you know, customer acquisition fee, um, kind of. Yeah, I mean, I think this is how the majority of the business world works, like, at least in like a sales capacity of it. Like, you get a percentage of whatever, and, you know, structures vary, certainly, but that's, that's kind of how the world works. I mean, the first thing I thought of was Michael Jordan and the Air Jordan stuff. I mean, he was the first one to kind of pioneer this, um... I don't know if you watched the movie, but it sounds like his mom may have done that, but I don't know how much of that truth. It doesn't really matter. But it's weird, the timing of this. I feel like it ties directly into our PGA talk. I mean, it, that is, I feel like, the epitome of what is occurring right now in the golf world. And soccer's just said, and the MLS has done this, though, too, where they've signed you know, past their prime European stars or international stars, I should say, bring them over and, you know, you increase ticket sales, increase, you know, viewership of the league. That's that's exactly what's happening. They just have decided to be more creative about it. Beckham's there. Beckham gets it. He knows what's up. He knows how to... He's part you know, owner. Yeah, he knows Which how to sell the screens. Beckham's there because to get him to come to the United States, they promised him that he could be a part owner of an expansion franchise. Correct. It's the exact same I mean, thing. it's like, it's almost like a little inception he got this crazy deal where they were willing to throw him some non-traditional economics, and he's now taking it two steps farther right. with a guy that's even a bigger draw than him. So, yeah, in a lot of ways, it makes, I mean, it makes, it makes perfect sense. Yeah. So it's unclear of when he's going to make his debut, but he could make his debut as early as July 21st when Miami plays um, this Mexican treaty, um, Cruz Azul. The ticket cost on Monday before this announcement for that game was $120. As of Thursday, the t- average cost for a ticket is $1,248. That's insane to me. You know, I will say the, the MLS is, as much as I love soccer, MLS is one sport that I just have yet to get on board with. Yeah. I just, it's, the quality just isn't there. It's and I, not. In, 
I don't know. Maybe that's the lip thing. Now that I'm like subconsciously going back in my mind, maybe that's what it. But it's it's just not a good product. I don't know. And and I love Messi. I mean, I I think he's the greatest player that's ever lived. But I don't know if it's enough to like pull me to the TV. Yeah. How great was that World Cup? The World Cup was insane. It was awesome. This, this might have been my favorite World Cup thus far. It, it was fun. There's just so many layers to it. Yeah. I don't know. And that was a great final. That was one of the best finals. For sure. For sure. World. The uh, the France final with Zidane, the headbutt, that was the best final I've ever that's, seen. That's one of those that I always remember where I was yeah, and that, what happened. That, that this, is in, that. this is in that category, though. This was one that was like... People that you didn't really know cared about the World Cup. For sure. Or like sending you texts like, hey, wasn't that crazy? It's like, yeah. oh, I didn't even know you were watching this. For yeah. sure. Yeah, and I think Messi was the reason for that, too. Yeah, right? Anyway. Okay. Wild. Wild times. All right, Kyle. Well, I think that's, unless you got anything else, I think that's all the time we got for this. That That's all I got. This week, we, we covered a lot. We introduced some new things. Until next time. And special thanks to our guest. Special thanks to Seabask. Good job. Slow, slow clap. Good job. Slow clap. Appreciate it. Proud of you. See you guys again soon. <laughs>